Hey, it's Damian Barling reminding you to check out the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network for all of your Sacramento Kings news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Damian Barling, and you can follow us at Hoop Ball Kings. Don't miss a single episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gather around, Hoopball Chicago Bulls listeners. We've got a little story to tell. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who do you have, Lakers or Clippers, Rodgers or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Ask me about different teams. I don't follow any of those teams. But what I also tell them is that where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with MyBookie. MyBookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for every single game possible. A lot of NBA action coming up. We've got Major League Baseball spring training just around the corner, although honestly, I would not bet on a Major League spring training game. You know me, and you know that I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is up, Bulls fans, and welcome to the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast here on the Hoop Ball Network. We are brought to you by MyBookie and Manscaped. So go check out both of our awesome sponsors and contribute to them. And by contributing to them, you are contributing to us. We are recapping this morning the Bulls' February 15th victory over the Indiana Pacers, 120 to 112 in overtime as well as the win last night, 105-102 over the Detroit Pistons. The Bulls are now 12-15, just five games under 500, and are in an encouraging position. However, there are a few things that we do have to go over in addition to the Bulls' two wins over the past couple of days, and that is in regards to the health of Otto Porter Jr. So the Bulls win 120-112 in overtime on Monday at Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Bulls actually had a nine-point lead after the third quarter. Pacers tied it up at 88-88 on a Jeremy Lamb three-pointer at 7.02 left in the fourth quarter. And from there on in, it was a back-and-forth battle, bunch of lead changes, bunch of ties. Bulls had a two-point lead with under 15 seconds to go. Malcolm Brogdon made a five-foot hook shot in the lane, 
Bulls called timeout. Zach Levine had a pull-up opportunity with 2.4 seconds left. Did not make it. Bulls went to overtime. In the overtime period, the Bulls got a very balanced attack really from everybody. They jumped out to an early OT lead. They got up by as many as seven within the first three minutes, and they held on from there. They never relinquished the lead in overtime, and they end up winning by eight. They snapped a 10-game losing streak against the Indiana Pacers. Now, these are not the same Pacers as the ones that the Bulls played in the second game of the year because Victor Oladipo was no longer on the team. But they were really able to neutralize DeMontis Sabonis, even though he had a double-double. 25 points and 10 rebounds for Sabonis, but he was a minus 18. I consider that to be an absolute win if you're the Bulls. Malcolm Brogdon, 23 points, 15 rebounds, 10 of 25 from the field, but he was also a minus 16. You can take whatever you want from plus-minus numbers, but what I take from it is this. The Bulls were able to beat the Pacers' best players in certain situations. Zach Levine scored 30 points, 12 of them in the fourth quarter. To me, that's a clutch player getting you clutch buckets down the stretch. Garrett Temple got the start for Denzel Valentine, a good switch in the starting lineup by Billy Donovan, and in 39 minutes, he was a plus 19, scored 16 points on 6 of 11 shooting. Kobe White, he was a plus 16, 19 points on 7 of 18, but he also had 8 assists, so a really efficient night for him, even though his shooting numbers weren't necessarily the best. Patrick Williams, he had a rough night once again, 2 of 10 from the field in 27 minutes, 7 points. But hey, Wendell Carter Jr. was back, and that proved to be huge for the Bulls. He only played 21 minutes, he did have 5 fouls, but he was a plus 4, 11 points, 9 rebounds, 4 of 7 from the field. Just having him on defense instead of Daniel Gafford is huge. So huge that Gafford didn't even play. Thad Young played 30 minutes off the bench, 13 points, 11 boards. Tomas Sadoransky got some good run at the backup point guard spot. His plus-minus was even. He scored 13 points on 5 of 9 shooting in 21 minutes. The Bulls only played 8 deep in this game, but that's all that they really needed. Kobe White played 44 minutes, Garrett Temple 39, Zach Levine 38. So the Bulls used a lot of Denzel Valentine off the bench. He played 33 minutes in a bench role. Thad Young with a double-double, 13 points, 11 boards in 30 minutes off the bench. Thad Young is playing a lot of minutes, and I am totally good with Thad Young playing a lot of minutes. The Bulls are a better team the more that Thad Young plays, and he comes up with one of his biggest nights of the year against his former team. A couple of key statistics that I want to look at in terms of the tail of the tape of this game. Three-pointers once again were huge. The Bulls had 13 threes. They shot 39% from beyond the arc. The Pacers had nine, and they shot 27. 13 of 33 versus 9 of 33. Four shots, 12 points. Bulls win by eight. You get the differential. At the free throw line, the Pacers were a plus six in terms of makes. So you cancel out the differential there, but still, it gives the Bulls a plus six from three-pointers to free throws, even though the Pacers had six more free throws. You may look at me and you might say, well, this doesn't necessarily indicate why one team had more points than the other, but I think it has a huge impact. I think that every difference on a three-point shot, 
every difference in terms of free throw attempts makes a big difference in the game. The Bulls were only minus six at the free throw line despite the fact that the Pacers made three more shots than the Bulls attempted. And the Bulls were at 86%, 19 of 22. Pacers were at 80.6%, 25 of 31. Six misses compared to three misses, big difference. The Bulls dominated the boards in this game. They were a plus 12 on rebounds. They had a 13-8 edge in regards to offensive rebounds. And the one stat that really shows me that the Bulls were in control in this game is the largest lead category. Now, the Bulls didn't have a lead larger than 11 in the game. That's okay. The Pacers' largest lead in the ball game was three. That's right, three. Which means that the Bulls, even though this game went to overtime, controlled the pace of the game throughout. And that, to me, is a big indicator of your team controlling the tempo in the game. I thought that the Bulls were going to have a lot of problems with DeMontis Sabonis, and to an extent, they did. But one guy's statistics don't tell the whole story of a basketball game, and by the Bulls controlling the pace of this game, they showed that you can let two individuals have big nights, Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis, but you can neutralize the rest of the team if those are the only guys that are effective. Because let's look at the rest of the Pacers and see what they ended up doing. Because the rest of their supporting cast really did not do much. TJ McConnell, 19 points, 8 of 9. Okay, he had a decent night, so maybe that was not the best place to start. Miles Turner, good example. 36 minutes, 11 points, 2 of 10 from the field. Basically nothing. The Pacers bench, and granted, they only used three main bench guys, Sumner, Aaron Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb. They combined for 17 points. Meanwhile, the Bulls bench, mainly consisting of Thad Young, Tomas Sadoransky, and Denzel Valentine, combined for 37 points. So you had a plus 20 advantage in regards to bench points. That, to me, is playing great team basketball, and why you ended up winning the game because you got more contributions from the rest of your roster, even though the rotations for both teams were only eight to nine men deep. Moving on to the Pistons game, so the Bulls end up having to come back and beat the Pistons 105 to 102. And look, the Pistons are a terrible basketball team. They are looking to deal Blake Griffin as soon as possible. They are not playing Blake Griffin until they find a suitor for him. A lot of people have said that he probably could go back to Los Angeles. And the Pistons had one guy contribute all night, and that was Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant scored 43 points on 15 of 25 shooting. The rest of the Pacers' starting lineup combined, as I try and do the math here in my head, The rest of the Pacers' starting lineup combined for 41 points. One starter had 43. The rest of the four starters had a combined 41 points. And we talk about bench points. The Pistons had only 18 bench points in this game. And everybody that was on the bench that played, four guys, played at least 15 minutes. And they only got 18 bench points. Now the Bulls also only got 18 bench points. But the Bulls had a bit more of a balanced attack from their starters. Zach Levine, great once again. 37 points, 
14 of 22 shooting. He was a plus one. He did have five turnovers, though. Rough night for Kobe White. Only eight points. He was a minus two, three of 10 from the field. Garrett Temple in the starting lineup again, a plus 13. Nine points on four of six shooting. He had two blocks, only turned the ball over one time. Patrick Williams, better offensive night. 15 points, five of seven shooting, five boards, two assists, one steal, and one block. And how about Wendell Carter Jr.? 18 points in his second game back, seven of nine from the field in 27 minutes. That's what I want to see from Wendell Carter Jr. And on a night where Thad Young was not as impactful on the offensive side, still had 10 rebounds, Wendell Carter Jr. stepped up in a big way. But the Bulls had to come back to win this game. They were down late, and it was Zach Levine that helped will them back to win this ballgame. Let's take you through a couple of the key plays to finish out the fourth quarter. So, Bulls are up by four, 196, about a minute left in the fourth quarter. Jeremy Grant makes a layup for point number 43 of the night for him. Patrick Williams comes down, next possession, bang, three-pointer, Bulls go back up by five. Then Mason Plumley comes down, he makes a two-pointer, cuts the lead down to three. Bulls call a timeout. Then Bulls inbound the ball, Kobe White gets fouled. He misses his first free throw, makes his second free throw, 100-104. Next Pistons possession, Sadiq Bey gets fouled. He makes both of his free throws, that makes it a two-point game. 9.2 seconds left, Bulls call timeout. Then Zach Levine gets fouled. He makes his first free throw, then he misses the second. Sadiq Bey gets the rebound. Pistons don't have any timeouts left. Alon Wright gives it one last effort. Shot no good. Bulls win 105-102. They barely escape with a win against a team that is one of the worst in the NBA. And the Pistons led by as many as 25 at one point in this game. That's right, 25. They led by 18 at halftime. They held the Bulls, the lowly Pistons, held the Bulls to 43 points in the first half while Detroit scored 61. They were down 61-43 at halftime. Then the Bulls come out and they blitz Detroit in the third quarter, limiting the Pistons to only 12 points while the Bulls scored 27 and that 18-point lead is cut to three. And then Zach Levine does what he does and dominates the fourth quarter. Zach Levine is an all-star. Like, let's just make that clear. Zach Levine should be an all-star. He is putting up all-star numbers. He could in the next couple of games because he's averaging, I believe, a little under 29 points a game right now. He has a chance, if he continues to put up the type of performances that he is, he could be averaging over 30 points a game by the end of February. I think that that is a legitimate possibility. And the Bulls are three games under 500. They should be a lot closer to 500 than they are because they've had so many close losses. My biggest takeaways from last night's game are the following. Number one, they found a way to pull out a win against a really bad team that they should not have lost to in the first place. But the Bulls are a young team, and young teams are subject to bad losses. It happens. Think about this game last year. Are the Bulls even in the game, or is somebody revolting against Jim Boylan? The Bulls are more than likely out of this game by midway through the third quarter by being down 18 at halftime. 
if this is last year, the Bulls don't win this game and the Pistons blow them out. But this is a different team. This is a different year. This is a different coach. And this is a team that is never out of a game. Unless they're down by so many, they have no chance to come back like they were against Milwaukee pre-New Year's. This is a Bulls team that I am confident has the opportunity to win every single game that they step on the floor. Now, they may lose games like they did against the Clippers a couple of nights ago, but then they have games like tonight where they are not in it in the first half, struggle mightily, get down big at halftime, and then they find a way to get back into the game, go on a big run, and grind their way to a victory. I am a golfer. There's an old saying in golf, there are no pictures on the scorecard. And last night is one of those wins where there are no pictures on the scorecard. It does not matter how you won the game, you won the game. You beat an inferior team, and even though you had to come down from 25 points back to beat them, you still beat them, and you dominated the second half. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back to wrap things up. I have a couple of notes that I want to give and some commentary on one of the Bulls' key bench players. Stick around. We'll be right back here on the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Your girl can't think of what to get you this year? Tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin safe technology and features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink, especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. And let's be real, we've smelled the worst down there before. That's why I am thankful for their crop preserver and crop reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products, hey, they smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Easily the comfiest boxers I've ever had. And complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to this collection. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 
Welcome back to the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. I just looked at the standings, and this is wild. The Bulls are only three and a half games back of the division-leading Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Central Division. The Bucks have lost four in a row. The Bulls are three and a half games back of them, and they are two games back of Indiana, who is a game and a half back of Milwaukee. I could not believe it when I saw that. And while the Bulls are still nowhere near Milwaukee's level, it is amazing to know that 27 games into the season, for as many close games as the Bulls have lost, they are still in contention for the division. And, mind you, the Bulls are only half a game out of a playoff spot right now. The Bulls are a half game back of the New York Knicks, the Charlotte Hornets, and the Toronto Raptors, who are all by winning percentage tied. They're five and a half games back, those three teams, of first place Philadelphia. The Bulls are only a game and a half back of fifth place Boston, who is 500, and a game and a half back of Indiana, who is one game over 500. Your top three in the Eastern Conference right now, Philly at nine games over 500, Brooklyn at six games over, and Milwaukee at four games over. The East can be had. And by the way, the Miami Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champions, are 11-17. and 17. That's right. They are behind the Chicago Bulls. Who would have thought? And here's what the Bulls' schedule looks like coming up. Can they make up some ground here? They got to go to Philly on Friday, then home the next night to play Sacramento. Then they go down to Houston to play the Rockets again without James Harden. Yes, he has been traded, we know. Then back home for a pair against Minnesota and Phoenix. You have the opportunity to go 3-2 and two on this upcoming five-game stretch. I sincerely believe that. I think they can go to Philly and win. I think they can come back and beat Sacramento at home. I don't think Sacramento is a good enough team to go 2,000 miles east and win consistently. I think they can beat Houston. I think they could go 5-0. I don't think they will, but they could. They're playing better basketball. They showed with the Indiana win that they can beat Better quality teams on the road. Now, Indiana is not an upper echelon team. They are at least by their current standing, but nobody would consider them to be. The East is a lot weaker than the West. That always seems to be the norm, but that is the case. The Philadelphia 76ers, if they were in the Western Conference, would be in fourth place. Last place in terms of the playoff spots in the Western Conference which currently belongs to the Denver Nuggets at 15-13, and would currently be in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. That is a big varying of perspectives. This is where I want to segue to my final point, though. While the Bulls have a chance to make the playoffs, they are not in a position to buy at the trading deadline. They are more in a position to sell. And the biggest issue that I have right now is that the two biggest assets that the Bulls have to sell that they would want to sell, being Otto Porter Jr. and Lowry Markkinen, they can't sell right now because they're not healthy. All right, I want to take that back. I don't think they want to sell Lowry Markkinen. 
I think they are in a position to where if they sold Lowry Markkinen, they would be okay with that decision. I have no problem with that decision because I don't think Lowry Markkinen is a part of the future. They did not give him that extension for a reason. They wanted to make him play to earn another contract, and right now, by not staying healthy and by not being consistent, he is not doing so. But enough about Lowry. Otto Porter Jr. continues to be out with back spasms. I don't know when Otto Porter Jr. is actually going to be healthy again, but it better be soon. He has not played since February 1st against the Knicks. The Bulls are better when Otto Porter Jr. is on the court because he's a very versatile player and a good defender. But the Bulls needed Otto Porter Jr. to stay healthy because they wanted to trade him and get some value for an expiring contract. Otto Porter is making too much money to be dealt right now. And by not being healthy, he is virtually untradeable. The Bulls cannot get rid of him. And so you have a double whammy. You have a player that's not contributing because he's hurt, and you can't trade him because he makes too much money, and he's hurt. And even if he was healthy, who's going to want to take on the rest of his contract for this year only to have him get injured as soon as he plays for his new team and having that new team being like, oh, why did we do this? And no team is going to have that type of buyer's remorse because no team is going to make that deal. I am declaring it right now. Otto Porter Jr. is finishing this year with the Chicago Bulls, whether you like it or not. And Otto Porter Jr., if he's not healthy, he is of no use to the Bulls. The ability to trade him, that ship has sailed. He has been out for too many different periods of time this year for any team to want to take a chance on him. The Bulls are going to have to ride with him for as much as they can get out of him for the rest of this year. And I can almost guarantee you that Arturis Karnishevis is not going to bring him back for future years in Chicago. He has seen enough of Otto Porter Jr. He is not somebody that can reliably stay healthy. There you have it. You are seeing the final games of Otto Porter Jr. in a Bulls uniform. If somehow they are able to trade him, then that's great. I would rather have another healthy body that is half as good as Otto Porter Jr. at his best than have Otto Porter Jr. for half the time. In fact, you might be lucky if you had Otto Porter Jr. for half the time. And on that note, we are going to say goodbye here on the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Coming up, our next episode, we are going to recap the Bulls game over the 76ers on Friday, and we have another Hoop Ball crossover episode. Jill from the Hoop Ball Sacramento Kings podcast is going to come on and preview the Bulls and the Kings matchup at the United Center on Saturday. Bulls win over the Pacers on Monday, and they beat the Pistons last night at home. They are three games under 500. They are half a game out of a playoff spot. It is a time to be cautiously optimistic if you are a Chicago Bulls fan. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, Go Bulls! This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. 
This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagships shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all of our 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide booski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports betters everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.